Good morning. You're listening to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie every Friday here on 1150 AM KKNW. I'll be introducing you to fascinating people, fun places to visit, and activities that are guaranteed to lift your spirits. Follow the sun. Yep, spring is here. Man. Exciting. We've been waiting for it. Three days swimming on Camino Island at the beach. It's been unreal. I, people should people should have like left work and school, and I'm I'm sure a lot of people did that. Play, if you didn't play hooky, oh well, man, yeah. that was the prescription. We gave you permission. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it was it was a beautiful beautiful uh, week, and um, it was Atten last week. He was on my show, Haunted History Tour Seattle, and he has lost what, forty pounds in the last four months with intermittent fasting. Did I say intermittent? I believe, yeah, that's what he was calling it. Mm-hmm. And so I started my fasting on Monday. So that was uh, like, really? yeah, it's been five days. Nice. And it means juicing, and you're not mm-hmm. you're st- not starving yourself, but just enough. You still need some nutrients. You, your body cannot go without it. No. You're but not I'm, supposed to not eat. It's juicing. Same. <laughs> still taking in stuff. Yes, I'm not. It's not just water, but I feel it was really rough the couple couple days. But spending that time at the beach was amazing, and um, it's spring. What better time to clean out your closets or uh, lose some weight, which is right now getting that party started. And last, was it Wednesday? I want to say it was Wednesday. I went running to the state park, Cama Beach, Camino State Park. Camino State Park first. And I looked in the water and I saw orcas. And that's what the show's about. Yeah. Whales. And it was amazing. I just got off uh, emailing someone saying, I'm going to go look for some whales. And then I followed them to Cama Beach. And they were just moving along, having a good good old time. And joining us this morning is Herod Gar- Howard Garrett from the Orca Network. Good morning, ha- Howard. <laughs> Good morning, Dina. You've been on the show before, and you are a whale expert. Uh, thank you for that. I've put in a lot of years, so I guess I've earned it. How many years? Well, it really started in 1981. Uh, my field season with the uh, Orca Survey on San Juan Island, which is what became the Center for Whale Research, and has continued a you know never-ending uh, population study. Each individual in the southern resident population has been photographically documented each year since then. That's just an amazing continuity of uh, scientific coverage of you know field documentation of a population of orcas. So. I've been a part of that since not quite the beginning, but near the early years. And what an amazing, I'll say amazing feat, but to be a part of something at the beginning, so uh, wonderful. And because I live on Camino, I do get to see the wells. And I told someone the other day, it just makes life more livable knowing that there's amazing animals out there swimming about and it lifts my spirits. So you're uh, in Langley at the Orca Network. Is it the Orca Network in Langley? Well, that is where our whale center is. That's our walk-in sort of, you know, store but display area uh, on orcas, on gray whales and other species and whales in general. And we have a gift shop that supports the store. Uh, we have a home office uh, elsewhere on Whidbey in Freeland, however. So we're looking out over Admiralty Inlet at the beautiful glowing Olympics right now. 
And they are. And it was like maybe it was last week I went to Port Townsend and taking the ferry over from Coopville. Oh, amazing, amazing. And, of course, it warmed up, so I can see, you know, it's starting to melt a little bit. But what an amazing uh, day it was to go over there. And then we saw gray whales that day. Uh, and then, again, I saw orcas, which the orcas that came through, that's – is that normal? Yes, it is, just not predictable. We just never know, but it can happen any time of the year uh, with the transients especially. That's who you saw was the, a group, actually two matrilines of uh, transients were in Saratoga Passage about then, so I'm not sure which you saw, but uh, they just roam around this whole Salish Sea and, and beyond, north and south are their backyard, their stomping grounds. They they know every nook and cranny, and they just uh, keep on moving and roaming around and finding food. And for the people that don't know, Saratoga is between Whid- Whidbey and Camano. That's where I live. And so, and Salish, let the listeners know what the Salish Sea is or where it well, is. Well, the Salish Sea is a, well, I guess it's about a dozen years old now since it became official as the, the name... Or to have one place name that includes the entire inland waterway from up in, uh, in British Columbia, the north end of Georgia Strait, and all the way south to Olympia and Butt Inlet and all the little inlets down there, and everything in between, uh, to have one name for it all, because it is one ecosystem, rather than saying Puget Sound and Georgia Strait and Strait of Wanafuca and all these other straits. Now there's one name for all of it, and Whidbey Island and Camino are epicenter, right in the middle of the Salish Sea when you look at a map. So we're well situated here. Oh, yes, we are. Because <laughs> I can go to the end of the island, which is called Lover's Leap, but you can overlook Hat Island, but you guys call it something else. What's Hat Island's real name? Uh, Gedney is uh, another name, and I'm not sure which is more official. <laughs> and I can see sometimes from that bluff, you can see the, the, the gray whales coming through. I've seen them also in the Port Susan Bay, which is between Stanwood and Camino. And, of course, uh, uh, where I go, it's a sandy beach, so a lot of gray whales are coming through right now. Uh, give, give the listeners just about through the year what whales do come through our area. Well, uh, the gray whales right now are amazingly predictable because uh, this is the same group. This is a real phenomenon that I don't know of in anywhere else where this tiny little micro population, really only about 10, maybe it's up to 12, because we have a couple of apparent newcomers that have joined the club that come in every year uh, in March and stay into May. I mean, it's, you know, they straggle in and straggle out. But uh, for those months, March and April, they come to Saratoga Passage and that spot right there where you were talking about, uh, Hat Island and the Everett. Uh, mud flats, the alluvial fan that comes out of the Snohomish River and the Stillaguamish and the Skagit River, they all pour in this rich mud and it makes for this bountiful buffet table for the gray whales. And they seem to this small group of 10, that some of which have been coming in since 1990 regularly and documented, 
they know where the buffet table is, and on their way north to the Bering Sea, they stop in for brunch and uh, bulk up a little bit and then continue on their way north. And they eat what? They are there for primarily the shrimp, the little uh, sand shrimp or ghost shrimp that are in that mud. That mud is really rich, organic, poured off the mountainside. So it's got all kinds of good organic goodies in it that form a whole ecosystem that little invertebrates and these shrimp live in. But they're down a foot or two in the mud. So the gray whales have figured out this uh, very ingenious and risky strategy of coming in at high tide and rolling on their sides, and apparently, it hasn't been videoed because it's all in a cloud of mud, but uh, blast out these pits that are three feet deep or so, and they're just nice round pits, maybe six or seven feet across, and all of that mud gets washed up into the water column into a big cloud that has all the invertebrates, all the shrimp and worms in it. They suck in all that water that has all the goodies, squirt the water out through their baleen plates, and swallow down the goodies. And they can fill up right here before they go to the Bering Sea. And that's what I get to witness uh, this time of year. And when the tide goes out, you can see, I call them rivets, but you can see, you know, the the sun's going down, there's these... uh, holes in the sand and you can see how they've come through if I'm not there to watch them sometimes I'll stay four hours and watch the tide go out and it is the most amazing thing to see them really close a high tide sandy beach and they they go they go back and forth and they do their thing and I've seen three at one time and that would have been two years ago it was just amazing it really is there are these just slow motion very methodical movements and and then at low tide, when you can see their divots, they're, uh, they're in, uh, you know, you can see the track. You can see they sort of curve their way along the beach. Uh, the beach in front of Langley is a very good example of that, around Hat Island and all up and down Camino and Whidbey Island, everywhere that there are mud flats. At low tide, you can find these divots. They're pretty good at, you know, methodically... Uh, taking everything that's there, I guess. And if they're close enough to you, you'll smell them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you right. can smell the, the, and the also, poof. You're right. And the birds love it, especially the scoters. They come right in because all of those, you know, little goodies, little worms and things that are stirred up by the whales are accessible for the birds. So they, they dive in, too. And that's how I, sometimes I'm above the buff tra- bluff trail in uh, Camino. I can see the birds first before they blow. That's how uh-huh. I know the, the birds are following. So there's a few high tide, sandy beach, follow those birds, and then listen. Because the, the gray whales, you can hear them spout sometimes before you can actually see them. Right. But So when right. the orcas come through, how all we know the transients come through whenever they kind of want to. That's it. Right, yeah. They, they're on their own schedules. Uh, yeah. Are they the ones that eat seals? They eat the seals primarily. Uh, sea lions and porpoises are down on their menu, too, but uh, mainly the harbor seals. And then the, the other orcas, they come, they come and go. What do you call them? Not the sounders. What do you call them? 
the residents. Residents. Uh, the, the southern residents. Yeah, there. And these were names that came up in the early '70s when the studies very first began in Canada, and they found the different groups of orcas, and some seemed to be around more often than others. So when they realized by the late 1970s that they were, amazingly, two completely different types of orcas, they called the ones that were around most of the time the residents and the others that they only saw pretty rarely at that time. Uh, They called them transients. So those names have just stuck. And we have a new resident as of January? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. L one twenty L one twenty four. And that was quite a story. You know, that, that discovery of that little baby that day uh, was really pretty amazing because the day before, January tenth, we got reports at Orca Network that uh, orcas were coming into Puget Sound. And at first we assumed more transients, and then we started to hear, no, it's a larger group, because the residents tend to travel in groups of 20, 30, or more. And so by the end of the day, uh, they had been identified as residents. And uh, King TV and Como TV launched helicopters that went over, and both of them got about an hour of raw footage that they put online with really no narration or IDs, but really good footage. And the whales were very conveniently bunched up and in what we call a a resting formation where they're kind of side by side and and all together, basically. Uh, So when they came up, the choppers got really good footage of these whales and the resident ID experts at the Center for Whale Research were able to look at those and identify individuals. And they saw a little baby, quite a few people. I saw a little baby myself. And they were able to ID the mom, uh, who is L77, Matia is her name. And uh, so that sort of, you know, put the buzz out, but that's not really a positive ID to go by a helicopter, uh, you know, footage. So the next day, January 11th, they left, and fortunately during daylight hours. So when they left Admiralty and like going north toward the San Juan Islands and Vancouver Islands, uh, the team was ready. They had a, you know, five or so experts with their long cameras and out there in a couple of different boats, you know, so they don't have to get close because they can shoot from a couple of hundred yards and get a good ID shot. So they were out there and were able to document the new baby, L124, not brand new, uh, not not pink. You know, when they're born, Who knew that? Their their white areas are pink. (laughs) Right? Yeah, they're just so cute. Uh, And this one had already sort of gone past that stage, so probably maybe up to a month old, uh, but newly discovered. And so the excitement was rampant and uh, ID'd. And so, and K Pod had joined L Pod, and they were headed west sort of toward 
excuse me, Pretoria. And as they were going west, down comes J-Pod from the north, from Harrow Strait, who then joined up with K&L Pods so that there, January 11th, the most unlikely date of the year probably, we had what we call a super pod, which was all with the new babies, 75 of them, uh, and they were all photo-documented, and, and there were no other babies, but there were also, thankfully, no losses. No, none were missing. So it was really a great day for, uh, for science and for celebration, and, and uh, that is the last time that baby or the mom has been seen. So uh, that's no news on how the baby is doing since then, but babies sure look healthy. I mean, bouncing around from adult to adult, visiting, you know, aunts and uncles and grandparents and, you know, just going around through the whole of L-Pod and others, and and, uh, just it looked really good. So that was a very heartening thing to see. And that makes my heart sing. And that's what I'm just, I do the show because I want people to reach out and do these things they probably never even pondered. But you watch the Orca Network, which I do. That's how I kind of know what's going on with the whales. But you watch it year-round, and you get some information. And it, it, it is so, it's, it's, you take your kids to Langley, go to the Langley Well Center. Uh, and I, I want to volunteer really bad. Oh, because please. I'm just so passionate. And uh, the kid on the Puget Sound Express, I think his name's. Oh, gosh, and Tony. And he says he worked with you before, Tony. Um, yes. He, Tilt? Um, yeah, he's volunteered there at the Whale Center. Yeah, and yes. I, I call them synchronicities. I just said it out loud. I'm doing lots of work in Whidbey, and I just think volunteering is one of the best ways to get involved in, in a cause that you, you're um, excited or passionate about. And, and the Langley Whale Center is a great visit in Langley. But uh, we have the Whale Parade coming up. Now, are you going to be in the Whale Parade? Oh, I expect so. <laughs> what, what are you going to be? I haven't figured that out yet. It always seems to be kind of last minute, but you know, I'll be looking for something. I'll likely don an orca suit. I've done that before. Well, <laughs> now that I get to work on Whidbey, I will definitely be there. And I just thank you so much for what you're doing. And from 1980s to uh, 2019, what what can you leave us with? What What's the message for our whales for the future? Um, to, uh, <laughs> that we are so blessed and so fortunate that we have these whales that, that are in our neighborhood, that we are in their neighborhood, really, they were here first, uh, and that this is just such a special place, and these are such special whales, and we just should hold them so dear and, and be so careful and nurture and take care of them in every way we possibly can to keep them here. They need our help. And uh, if, if we're very, very careful, we can keep them here. But we really have to do a lot of things right and not impact them and degrade their environment and and bring harm to them like humans have done for so many years. So if we take good care, they'll stay here, and we are so lucky to have them. We are very blessed. Howard, thank you, and I will see you soon on Woodby Island. I look forward to it. All right. Thanks. Stay tuned. You're listening to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie. We'll be right back. For everyone. A brand new moon. Brand new sun. 
Pencove Brewing Company, located in Coopville on beautiful Whidbey Island, is a small, family-friendly tap room featuring local craft beer, wine, and cider from around the Pacific Northwest. The Coopville Tap Room was created by two brothers, following their dream of bringing a successful business back to the community they love, one craft beer at a time. Visit pincovebrewing.com, that's pincovebrewing.com, and check out the events calendar or sign up for their newsletter to get a weekly update on upcoming local live music, special events, and promotions right on Whidbey Island. Thinking about getting away for a day or an overnight stay? Pristine Pacific Northwest Island Beauty is closer and more affordable than you may think. From unspoiled hills to uncrowded Puget Sound shoreline, from wildlife and stately evergreen forests to bald eagles and blue herons, Whidbey and Camino Islands have it all. They're both located in Puget Sound and are an easy drive from either Seattle or Vancouver, B.C. Both islands are accessible by bridge, and each island is a wonder of nature and scenic beauty to be enjoyed by the entire family. To visit this classic Pacific Northwest experience, visit WhidbeyCamanoIslands.com or like them on Facebook to see all they have to offer. You'll discover that island time is just a short drive away and can be affordably yours this weekend. Whidbey and Camano Islands, the shortest distance to far away. Did you know that we live in the best place in the United States to see whales? Right here in the Salish Sea. We have orcas, humpbacks, gray whales, and so much more. Go whale watching with Puget Sound Express, and they guarantee you'll see whales or your next trip is absolutely free. Daily tours from downtown Edmonds on the Chilkat Express, the fastest boat in the Northwest. See whales in the wild with Puget Sound Express. That's PugetSoundExpress.com. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. Tomorrow's a new day for everyone. Welcome back. You're listening to Lift Your Spirits, and we're doing whale whispering, whale talk today. Whale talk, you know, like, what's that, Nemo? Well talk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My kids all talk well talk. They're, they crack me up. Usually it's at a restaurant and it's embarrassing. That's, uh, but... Ellen DeGeneres? Yep. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're all trying to like... I'm trying to be April. She loves to do well talk. <laughs> well, and I love whales. And joining us this morning is Sarah Hankey. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning, everyone. You, I think you've been on the show a couple times. Uh, I think it's my second time. Yeah. I usually get Great you to on... be back. Yeah, after. Uh, I think last time I went to Kauai and you had been to Kauai too or something like that. Yeah, we shared our humpback tales. That was fun. I remember that. Oh, I, I just saw a few before I left because I left late December. So I did get to see some, but not like I normally stay in January. But we're talking about whales in the Puget Sound area. And I took a tour, uh, Port Townsend, out of Port Townsend on Sunday. Oh, my God. Was that the best day ever? <laughs> it, it was gorgeous out. Was it? I'm sure it was flat calm. I know the sun was bright. Was it calm day for you? Oh, it was beyond calm. It was like I could get a, got out there and swam with the whales. It was beautiful. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, we um, from Port Townsend. We were traveling down to Everett. Everett's where the gray whales are uh, this time of year, and uh, coming back in about three hours. Um, so it's a quick little trip, but um, lots of whales out there. And uh, gray whales for us come back every March and April. It's the only time of year you can see them, so it's kind of a special time because uh, gray whales are actually only on the Pacific coast. 
of the whole world, really. There's the majority of the population with about 40,000 animals. Um, it's the only place in the world you can see them. They do have a couple hundred off uh, Asia on the other side of the Pacific, but the majority of gray whales in the world are here on this coast. And I think two years ago I, I left out at Edmonds with you guys, and I took my son, and we did see the orcas. Were they mm-hmm. transient or were they? They were transient, okay. yeah, uh, that time of year. And, you know, honestly, we've had a couple people call and ask us, are we seeing orcas? And normally my answer would be no, <laughs> but um, with the transient orcas, their population growing, we've actually seen orcas 50% of our time while watching gray whales. So I would give people 50-50 right now to see the grays and orcas on top of it. So it's kind of a neat. Yeah, and that Edmonds, it was a beautiful day, and we went out, and they were right there before before Whidbey Island. They they came up, followed the boat, and it was an amazing time. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. They're they're pretty pretty smart animals. They they know what's going on out in the water, and they definitely love to show off. That's for sure. Now you your the business started in Port Townsend. Yeah, so we're family owned. I'm third generation in the family involved, and uh, my brother is also involved in uh, 34 years now um started in port townsend our home office is still in port townsend um we expanded to edmonds five years ago and kind of offered seattle a half day whale watch just north of downtown and then um this year we actually started off in langley as well just for the gray whale season but in march and april uh we will be in langley near the whale center offering gray whale tours as well so now we have three locations at least for gray whales and I like them all. <laughs> I'm just they to... all have their custom little quirks, you know. It's definitely themed on each location. It's fun. Yeah, and, I, and in each trip, you're going to see lots of wildlife. It's, it's, there's, you know, whales, but there's also bird watching. We have the herons, the eagles. Uh, uh, you have seals. And do you ever see porpoises? Oh, yeah. Yeah, harbor porpoise are the most common. We have two types of porpoise in our area, harbor porpoise and dolls porpoise. Um, harbor porpoise are the most common. You'll often see them off Port Townsend's uh, Hoopville Ferry or the Edmonds Kingston Ferry. There's, they swim a lot in the Puget Sound. Um, so you'll see them, sea lions, seals. Um, we do, like you said, have bird trips that will go to Protection Island on the weekend um, from Port Townsend. And Protection Island is a really cool spot that is the complete wildlife sanctuary. And 80% of our marine birds that live here that you see in the water actually nest on the island. So um, it's a really cool spot to just see a whole sorts of wildlife come together and have an island of their own, basically. When Tell me more about that. When, where is the, that place from Port Townsend? Like when you're Yes, yeah, so Protection Island um, is just west of Port Townsend. It's at the mouth of, uh, is that Discovery Bay? Yeah, I guess it would be Discovery Bay. Yeah, it's right past uh, North Beach, Port Townsend, and then there's Protection Island. It's right there um, in front of Cape George, in front of Beckett Point um, is Protection Island. And, uh, again, the whole island's a wildlife refuge. We will do a three-hour tour from Port Townsend that goes out there uh, with not only the Dungeness Audubon, but Port Townsend Marine Science Center. And we navigate but go around the whole island um, and talk about all the birds. You'll often see deer out there that will swim across from the mainland and kind of just have a haven without any predators on the island. Wow. Um, lots of eagles. I think the most eagles we've ever seen on a trip out there was like 21. Uh, so there can be a lot of eagles out there. 
Um, a lot of harbor seals. It's a big harbor seal haul out. And sometimes in the summer months, we'll even get an elephant seal. Um, and those are pretty massive animals. So kind of cool to see. Is that tour year round or just? No, it's not. It's just on the weekends in the summertime. Okay. Um, and we might be offering one this summer out of Edmonds. So we're still kind of working on that tour and if it can happen. Um, but, you know, along with that one, we also do a three-day from Port Townsend that features that island along with other wildlife, um, mostly bird-related out in the Salish Sea and a couple nights in Friday Harbor and then back to Port Townsend. And those happen twice in the spring and once in the fall. So we kind of get both the bird migrations for that trip. I took a yoga retreat for nine days, and I watched this couple with the bird book and the and the binoculars, and I'm like, what is going on? Why are they so into birds? And now I'm a bird nerd. <laughs> if you, you have, know, It's lovely. I love doing it. I didn't used to be, but I'll have to tell you, one of my roommates, he's also captain on one of our boats um, and a longtime friend of mine, he loves birds, and we now have bird feeders at my house, and he's telling me all about the birds. So I'm, I'm becoming a fan as well. And if you're paying t- attention to Mother Nature right now, if they're starting to make some sounds and, and you can get outside. And I, I now I notice before I, you know, that's what this is all about, is taking notice of Mother Nature and the cycles and the coming and going of wildlife. And I think when we're sitting in front of a television or, gosh, so disconnected. And I think that's the most important thing is reconnecting to Mother Nature and, 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 and the seasons and the cycles and when to slow down and when to speed up because the animals know. Yeah. Yeah, they do. And the new the daylight right now is just fantastic. It's getting lighter and lighter. Well, let's talk about photography. If you want to take some good pictures, <laughs> you know, it's just uh, the Whidbey, really, to me, the Whidbey Island, uh, Port Townsend, Coopville, that run, that was amazing with the Olympics. Because I don't pay attention to the Olympics like I should. Yeah. Uh, but with the snow on them right now, it's, it's just mind-blowing. Yeah, when I used to be out on the boat, when I was younger, I used to crew and I would naturalize on the boats. And I would always tell people that, you know, we're in a really unique spot where you'll be on the water and you'll be surrounded by mountains. And it's kind of like the mini Alaska in a way. I mean, you'll leave from Port Townsend or even Edmonds or even Langley and you'll have the Cascade Mountains with Mount Baker and Rainier on one side and you'll have the Olympics on the other. And you get an evening or a sunset opportunity. It's, it's spectacular. Um, it's a really unique spot in the world where you can be surrounded by mountains outside of Alaska, which is also gorgeous for its scenery. And being actually on the water. I mean, I, I'm on Camino, so we have center wooden boats. And uh, how many kids actually get to be on water? You know, taking your kids out there to actually participate in what we have all around us instead of sitting at home and watching television. Take, take them up for their birthdays or uh, anniversaries or something, but get, get your kids out on the water and, and let them see nature at its finest. And, and, you know, gosh, again, the mountains right now, because the snow is going to be gone and they're not going to be in your face as much, but getting out in nature is just, and Port Townsend has a lot of places to camp, so you don't have to stay in hotels. Uh, Camino Island, of course, and uh, Whidbey have a lot of things that you can do there besides just taking a boat ride, but you can make a two-day uh, out of it, go to Coopville, to uh, Port Townsend, go back and stay on Whidbey and maybe do some of the beaches. Edmonds is really convenient for people who do live in the city, which I don't. <laughs> but Edmonds is a great place to leave from, too. And they have uh, the ferry leaves from the same place that you're at, right? Yeah, yeah. Edmonds is, is a cool spot because it's so close to downtown and it's so close to anywhere north Seattle, even Bellevue. Um, and it's really a gateway on the water in a small community. So you can leave a busy 
city life and, and just hop over to Edmonds and you're in a small downtown environment with a lot of locals out and about. Um, you know, there's a great dog park. There's a great water park. Kids go there when there's swimsuits all the time in the summer. Um, great restaurants, you know, boutique restaurants and shopping. So it's a really, that's kind of what drew us to Edmonds. It was, it was a small town similar to Port Townsend and we're a family business and we like to support that. So, um, Anyone who's just looking on that side of the water, looking to get out of their daily busyness, um, just want a relaxing day, I highly recommend Edmond for sure. And in February, that's where I spent my time. So I found the park you're talking about, and that's where I noticed that's where we left out. But there's restaurants, so I had dinner. Uh, I went and worked at the Starbucks. But there's lots of uh, walking places. I mean, there's a lot of places to hike. You wouldn't think it, but, you know, it's off, let's say, I don't want to say Linwood or 99, but you go over there and it's like a whole different world and, and it's beautiful. Lots of be- beaches, access, but there's that boardwalk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, there's a boardwalk on the waterfront. And I know it's lots of new restaurants. So Edmonds is a great place to spend the day, and that's what I did when I went out with you that day and went to the dentist. <laughs> I got <laughs> a lot of things. both things done in a day. <laughs> yes, a lot of things done in Edmonds. Uh, yeah, so... Take a day trip or an overnight stay would be or Port Townsend and it's Puget Sound Express. Yeah, and Puget that's- Sound Express. Um, again, we have three locations. We're in Langley for March and April for the gray whale uh, near the whale center, and um, Langley's a great little spot in, in on Whidbey Island if you're venturing over there. Uh, we have Edmonds, which is about a two and a half hour tour to see the gray whale, and then we have Port Townsend, which is again three hours. And then starting May, we'll switch over to viewing more orcas and humpbacks. That's kind of when the change happens for tours. And how late do you go in the season? Uh, we will go through December um, because there's all these, you know, transient orcas now and even humpbacks staying later. Um, there's whales all the way through the Christmas time. So we go till December 31st. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I'll be back in Kauai. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, man, winter was rough. It, it, I just February to me in the snow. I really enjoyed the snow, but it, you know, getting to today just feels like a brand new life to me. Just this whole week, and just seeing the orcas and seeing the gray whales because that was my first time was on the boat with you guys at Port Townsend, and it just gosh, it just got that spring is coming. There's hope. <laughs> We're gonna survive. <laughs> but yeah, so it's Puget Sound Express. Uh, everyone, get out there. You can Edmonds Langley is brand new, or you can go from Coopville. You can take the ferry, which is a great Coopville uh, uh, ride to uh, Port Townsend. I spent the night at the Haunted Castle and picked up ghost sounds, and I can't wait to share that. It was just scary. <laughs> it's so there. It's so there. But we have to like you know edit it and stuff. So it was a lot of fun. So thank you, and uh, one more time, it's Puget Sound Express, and look Sarah up and and go for a a whale-watching trip. Thanks, everyone, for having me. You're welcome. You're listening to Lift Your Spirits. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
A Path to Avalon in downtown Arlington is a metaphysical retail store that carries products from many different belief systems. They have polished stones, crystals, books, jewelry, smudging supplies, and so much more. They offer intuitive readings, Reiki healing, and classes on a variety of subjects. Shelly Smith, the owner of A Path to Avalon, invites you to stop in and lift your spirits. For more info, visit apathtoavalon.com. Explore and find the tools to assist you on the path towards spiritual peace and enlightenment. Aloha. Join me, Dina Marie, on the island of Kauai. Let me be a tour guide for your spirit and a travel agent for your soul. You'll receive daily healing sessions and experience fun, interactive outings to some of my favorite places, sacred sites, secluded beaches, and sunrises that will lift your spirits. Go beyond the tour spots, meet fascinating locals, and leave with amazing memories. Retreats are based on your schedule and budget. For more information, visit liftyourspiritswithdinamarie.com. Don't let that herd mentality lead you off a cliff. We support thinking for yourself on Alternative Talk 1150. You've heard me talking about writing songs with Mr. Van Conner. Well, I'm happy to say that our album is out now. It's called Coming Back Again, and it features songs like Legacy of Green, Silent Universe, and the title track Coming Back Again. Our album Coming Back Again is now available for streaming and purchase at your favorite online retailer, including iTunes, Amazon, Apple Music, Spotify, and many more. Go to dina-marie.com. That's dina-marie.com for a full list of retailers. Watching the sunrise, an ocean stands between us. Look into the sky. Think of second chances. Look into the past. A thousand miles between us. Thank you for joining us this morning. Coming back. We're coming back again. Our new album, Van Connor. And you can get that um, on my website, dina-marie.com. And joining us this morning is Travis Kulchar. Kulchar! Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) Morning, Travis. I met you... I want to say three years ago now. I think you're right. Yep, three years ago in Langley, and where were we doing, and what what were we doing that day? Man, we were out on a beautiful sun, uh, no, early morning tour, I think 10 a.m. if I'm not mistaken, and uh, we uh, ended up enjoying a beautiful conversation in nature that became more spiritual time than anything else. Yep, it was a gorgeous day, my first time uh, there. And the best part was like you and I was it two hour maybe two hours? Yes, yes. You, I can't see them. We're just talking because <laughs> I'm by myself. There's a bunch of uh, there are three or four kayaks out there with us. But by the time I got back, I'm like, I love this guy. I mean, everything you said was amazing. We were in the same multiverse. And we were speaking the <laughs> same language, but it made me go back. And then I did with Gail Picken, which she's been on the show many, many times. We did a moon. Was that a full moon? Kayak tour? Yeah. Yep. And that was with you again. 
that was that was another magical time, and I, I think I, you got to see my face before that time. <laughs> yeah. You, well, actually, you were on the side of us, so we could actually talk oh, okay. to you. Then you got to actually see my face on that tour. Yeah, and you were, you were telling us, be careful, go here, do that. So uh, we were getting direction. It was a different time of year, a little bit more yeah. wavy, but very safe. We had a really good time. Uh, that's when my knee was messed up, so that's the only thing I could do was kayak. That's right. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. So tell the listeners a little bit about would-be uh, kayaking. Uh, well, Woodby Island Kayaking is open for the season. Um, you can call their 1-800 number or go online. Um, and they uh, opened up early this year because of the nice weather. So it's, uh, I don't blame them. It's a beautiful day, another beautiful day. Yeah, we've had, what, four su- Sunday till today, and it's been amazing. I've been to the beach every day. I can't imagine what it's like to be kayaking. It's just so calm. Mm. Have you been yeah, out? Yeah, I haven't been out. I haven't been out yet this season, but yeah, no, it's a it's a beautiful time to be out there. The waves, there is no waves. No, it was, it's amazing. And have you ever been out in a kayak and seen a whale? Several times. Uh, my favorite encounter was an orca, um, but I've seen gray whales, uh, minkies, and then I've also seen uh, dolls porpoise. But orcas being within 10, 15 feet of the kayaks, that was a pretty surreal moment. Um and it was one of those, uh, somebody sees one over the horizon, and they're like, hey, I think that's one over there. And I see one even farther out, and they, they, uh, they're they like, well, it was a lot closer than that. And right when they say that, I, you hear <laughs> two 10,000-pound-plus orcas are within 10 to 15 feet right behind our kayak, and nobody gets pictures or anything. It's kind of one of those surreal, oh, my God moments. So Those are the best kind, right? Exactly. You don't expect it. No, and that's like this time I didn't take pictures or anything because you try to get a picture of a well, you're just going to waste an hour if you don't have an amazing camera. And um, yeah, you missed the rest of the view, which was blue sky and, you know, the water. So, yeah, if you have a photographer with you, that's really good. But don't waste your time sure. looking for you know, taking pictures. Just enjoy the moment. And I think that's what we got out of our conversation is that you and I, uh, I know I did eight years ago, chose a different lifestyle. And, and so did you. So what's that lifestyle all about? Uh, for me, it's simplifying the life, um, reducing the expenses so you can have more out of life, um, whether it's you know paying rent or whether it's your cell phone. Do you need 10 gigabytes or can you get by with just one gigabyte? Do you really need you know a whole wardrobe of clothes or can you just get by with seven days a week clothes? Um, and a new philosophy since last time we talked, you know, I, I've kind of taken the approach that, okay, if I have eight T-shirts do I, and I, somebody gives me a T-shirt, so I, need, I should get rid of one. Um, so it's constantly, I don't need to keep, 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 keeping things. And I find myself uh, falling guilty of somebody giving me a gift. And even though I'm never going to wear it, I keep it. So I'm, I'm pushing that less is more even farther to where it's like, just because somebody gives me something, it's the idea, the gesture that means more than the actual object. So I don't have to keep the object, but the gesture it means a lot to me. So constantly reevaluating. And I, I still live in a motorhome, and living in a motorhome keeps you from being able to put stuff, you know, you just don't have the room. So it's been a kind of a blessing to not have to, I don't know, consume stuff and spend more time out in nature, uh, meeting people like you, and then reading and studying as well. Yeah, and I started with a three-story house into what I moved into was a, a place over the garage with no kitchen. So overnight... You know, the holidays, all those things you've kept for years and years and years were gone. Mm-hmm. Just your cooking mm-hmm. gear and things like that. All that stuff leaves. 
So then I did get a place and it was bigger and I had stuff. And then now I'm down to a place with uh, furnished. It's furnished. And when Mm -hmm. I go places, I just don't buy anything because in the back Mm -hmm. of my mind, I don't have room. And now I I don't want to. And the same thing with clothes. As a woman, I think I probably wear this flip. I wear my flip flops. (laughs) I wear my tennis shoes and I might have a pair of dress shoes if I need to go somewhere. But I mean, being relaxed and at ease and living a lifestyle of freedom. How's that? Let's go with the word freedom. Mm. Well, you know, speaking of that, since the last time we talked, we've had a, a, a new president of the Free Nation. Do we feel any freer with our new president? I, you know, I try not to get there, but I do think <laughs> that on the treadmill of life, consumption and consuming, and it's we're, we're mindless in a way because we don't know we're doing it. And I've been there. Yep. I've been there. I had the walk-in closet, and I went shopping for entertainment purposes. But there's something about when I go to Hawaii having that tiny little suitcase and what I normally do is I'll go to a secondhand store, buy something mm. I need, and then donate it when I go. It's like borrowing well, you know, clothes. <laughs> Dina, you know, living in a motorhome, when people come visit me, we go to the thrift store and we buy towels at thrift stores and then we donate them back. Because I just can't keep towels piled up for people. So I, in every aspect, I agree. And, you know, and whether it's consumerism or any idea, it's like it, those ideas enslave us. And one of my favorite bands, Primus, they have a song called Internal Consumption Engine. And we work all day to spend our pay. And it's like this vicious cycle that we just work all day to spend our money on the weekend. And it's like, oh, wait a minute, why am I doing this? And it's like we talked about before, it's that rat race, it's that illusion. I'm supposed to do this, right? Well, are you supposed to do this? Nope. You get off the treadmill and you go into nature long enough, spend some time alone, (laughs) see a seal or a dolphin or a whale and, and kind of okay. just engage and you will change your mind. And and you have to be alone in Mother Nature because it, it talks to you in a whole different way than your computer or your television or any of the stuff. Yeah. I went to a movie for the first time in seven years. I'll never, I'm never going to do it again. I did it for the right reason for my grandson. I watched the Lego movie, but I just haven't seen it. It's just trying to sell me something. It had everyone engaged in their phones while we're sitting next to each other before the movie started. I bought toxic waste and put it in my body, popcorn and pop. So really, we just have to get back into nature, which is what this is all about. Get back into nature, back in with Mother Nature, and that's your greatest teacher. You know what? I, I, one of my favorite people in history, a lot of people know who it is, but Jesus spent 40 days and 40 nights in the desert. Why? Because of everything you said. We separate ourselves from the time that we're living, so when we come back in, we can see things more clearly, like what you just said about the popcorn and everybody on their cell phone not connecting with each other. And when I go out in nature, and I've spent 40 days and 40 nights in the desert, and when I come back, I feel more recharged because I dealt with all the things that I needed to deal with with nature, with the animals, with the plants. And don't you think you the less is more is like your food? You appreciate it. You know where it's coming from. That's mm. a, God. That's a whole other story itself. Story itself is just taking time to buy locally from someone you know, and you take it home, right. and then you're you're fed. You're actually fed. But if you're you know buying a bunch, I'll say it. If you go to Costco, buy a bunch of groceries and put it in your pantry, it's not the same thing as going to your local farmer's market, getting some food. And that's why I like Whidbey and Camino, because we have access mm-hmm. to that. And eating it, you don't need as much food. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, somebody was telling me recently, but it's that consumerism idea, but it's the same with food, where we, we have boredom eating. And we in our society, if we're not working, well, what are we doing? So we eat. 
And I, I totally agree with you. And I, I even less is more. I don't eat three meals a day anymore. I eat when I'm hungry. And that stereotypical, I have to get up, have a cup of coffee, have breakfast. Well, what if you're not hungry? And something else I've learned from the caveman diet, you go out and you work for your food. So if you went out and you swam this morning or you ran this morning or, heck, you even went and killed a, a, a zebra out in Africa, you've earned your food this morning. But just waking up and eating, I, I, I think that's kind of boredom eating. And I've noticed eating less gives me more energy throughout the day as well. And my last guest last week was uh, intermittent intermittent fasting. So I've been fasting this week and eating juices. And I'm really careful about what even the water I'm putting in my body and being really careful about even the, the fruits and veggies where they're coming from, which is organic, of course. But, yeah, just I feel I have so much more energy. But I kind of forgot. I forgot. I was in Hawaii, and, of course, I ate like that. Got home. It was dark February. It was, like, hard to go anywhere. And I just started eating. And my son, Michael mm-hmm. Glebe, left a television at my house. Oh, my God. Did I gain weight? <laughs> yes. Because I was sitting there engaged watching. It was good shows. It wasn't anything bad. But I was doing all the things I forgot about. So I love doing the show. I love uh, teaching my classes because it reminds me, too, because we can get back on that treadmill and go the wrong way, mm-hmm. right? Oh, I... After uh, my first year of not kayaking, I definitely felt guilty of possibly doing that. And, you know, my brother's actually a big fan of the uh, intermediate fasting, and I actually started doing it because of my brother. And I've seen wonders uh, as far as, like, in the holiday season, for example, if you eat a whole bunch of stuff that you know is not beneficial for you, my brother encourages people to take a couple days off of eating, um, especially like Thanksgiving where we all go gluttony and eat, you know, stuff that we shouldn't eat and overeat. Then you probably don't need to eat for the next couple of days. And so I definitely agree with intermittent fasting, um, especially, you know, uh, going back to Jesus for a split second. He was all about fasting from time to time as well. So I think there's a lot of benefit to it. So I, eating local, yes, absolutely, uh, and knowing where your food's coming from, and especially like a – an animal like a cow, for example, knowing what they're eating is just as important as what you're eating. Mm-hmm. Wait, that's another show, non-GMO, but if he's eating the GMOs, <laughs> you're eating GMOs. So. <laughs> right, you're but, right. <laughs> and last Friday, yep. I was so excited. I, took, I went to lunch with my daughter, and I saw a huge salad bar at a really nice grocery store. I got stoked, and I went over there, and I'm like, wow, an actual nice salad bar. I was sick because I forgot they weren't organic. The dressings were preservatives. I just... I forgot, and it didn't take long, you know, to get in the car and go, wow, I ate a salad, and now I feel sick. But, you know, if you go to a co-op or something, they, they will do organic, and the dressings are the healthy kind. But even then, I got, I was really excited, and I was really let down <laughs> about an hour later. But you got to be conscious about what you're putting in your body and ask yourself how you feel when you're, you're out in nature. How do you feel? If you're in front of your television eating junk food, how do you feel? Do the things that, that bring you joy, make your heart sing, and for me— it's being out on the water, being in Mother Nature, watching the animals, because and the sun and the moon. How's that? Have you seen the moon? Oh, super moon was amazing the other night. I would say look up. Just totally look up. And, Travis, you are going to be teaching a class to kids, which is really important to get your kids outdoors. You're going to be doing that in June? Yeah, the last full week in June, I'm running a kids' kayak camp through South Whidbey Parks and Recs and through Whidbey Island Kayaking Company. Um, and, you know, the basis is, is exactly what you're talking about. It, the camp kind of started with the idea that uh, you can die being out in the ocean. So it's been a lot of fear into people. Um, 
And the idea came from like being able to teach children at a young age to have a healthy respect for the water, not a fear of the water. Um, so it became this uh, starting out on Goss Lake, working your way to Langley Marina. And the progression is if you can learn the safety stuff, feel confident rescuing yourself and rescuing your friend, then you uh, progress towards going out in the ocean. And if it takes all week, cool. Um, if it takes the first day, then we spend the rest of the week playing games, uh, strengthening, uh, bracing, uh, different other things like that, um, eventually rolling. Uh, but the idea is basically to have them feel uh, safe and a healthy respect for the water, not a fear of the water. And I always say, if we want to make a difference, it's in our children. So you guys, if you guys can get your kids out into nature, get them on the water, take them well watching, but reintroduce them and connect them to this thing. It's, and some of it's free. I know lessons during the summer is is an investment, but give it to them for their birthday or, or whatever it is. But take that time to get your kids back into nature. And I'm going to bring up 21 acres only because they have all these classes coming up for kids where they, you know, they'll pull a carrot out of the ground and go, what's that? But <laughs> after they pull the carrot out of the ground and they figure out it's an actual carrot, they get to go make food with it. And so that's mm-hmm. reconnecting us back to our mother, which is, is the earth. And I think right now uh, there's so much going on. I'm kind of involved in a lot of things out there, but I just think if we can just stop and, 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 and educate ourselves and get our kids on the right track, you know, and our kids teach us. So as they're learning, we're learning. Well, uh, I, I couldn't agree more. I, the, the work I'm doing now is working with children in after-school programs and coaching children swimming and uh, reference Jesus one more time. He said the children appear at heart. Let the children come to me. And if you think about it, it's like, well, don't we want the children to gravitate towards us? So turn off our TV, turn off our cell phone, take your kids for a hike, take them kayaking, take them on a road trip to one of the national parks and disconnect from the society with your family and your children and enjoy it because, well, the way we're going, it might not be here. And and Travis is much younger than I. So that was our conversation two hours. It was very, very enlightening. And I felt totally lifted up, not just being on the water, but, but having him as my guide. And uh, the kayaking, uh, Whidbey Island Kayaking does tours. They give lessons. You can get Travis out there this summer or uh, rentals. So you can go out there on your own if you know how to do it. And they'll set you up. And what's the website for them? WhidbeyIslandKayakingCompany.com. Sweet. So you can go there, like their Facebook page, and uh, go out and hang out with Travis. See him there this summer. And I'm, like I said, I'm going back and forth from Whidbey to Camano. So we're going to go kayaking. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Look forward to seeing you over here on Whidbey. All right. Have a beautiful day. You too. Thank you so much for your time. Well, let's see. I have uh, next weekend. Time is flying. I'm having so much fun. March is going to be over next weekend. No way. So I'll be at Path to Avalon in Arlington. I'm starting up my classes again, and it's uh, Chakras 101. We'll be doing group readings where everyone gets to know uh, what's blocked in their chakras. And then we'll move on to feng shui for fun. And then after that, the next day, we're going to do intuition 101, which is my favorite class. Because what you want to do is have your inner voice leading the way and have the universe drive. So you can go to dina-marie.com and contact me. If you want to go to the classes, go to A Path to Avalon in Arlington. And then again, uh, join us next week for more people, places, and activities that will lift your spirits. Which way the wind blows this day is done.
single day for everyone.